Hello, 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 boys and girls. This is Startup Hand Me Downs, the podcast that passes insights from founders and thought leaders down to the next generation. I'm Rande. I'm Phil. And today we're speaking to young tech founder Silas, who's going to be telling us about how he got his 18 grants to fund the start of his uh, tech business, how he got press in the likes of Bloomberg and the Financial Times before he even launched, and how he's the youngest employee of his company while being the CEO. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming down. Um, so today, I guess we just really want to find out a lot about yourself, um, what's got you to where you are today, um, and we just want to learn a bit more about the founding company and the future of robotics. Awesome. Yeah, I think I can, good. I can help with a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. So, as I said, so thanks for joining us. So we just want to know, just when people ask you what you do, just to describe, how do you describe what you do to people? Uh, oof, I, it, it, <laughs> you, always, you sigh? No, I, yeah, I don't, I don't sigh. It always depends on the, on the person. If I, if I don't really want to say anything, then I'll say <laughs> I, I run a robotics uh, startup um, that's creating the world's first gaming robots, and then I leave it at that. If, it, if it's someone that's in the, in the know, just because th- this field is relatively new to, to mm. people. Mm. So once you say robots and gaming, you know, two great words in the same sentence, Oof, people, people love that. If it's someone in the know, then we'll say we're creating a, a platform at the intersection of robotics, gaming and augmented reality because we see that the future of play is at the intersection of the physical and, and virtual world. And uh, that would be my little description, and, and I'm the CEO of the of the company creating that. That's a little description. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> just that little. It, it just be, it's uh, we're still struggling to find a very succinct explanation. It's trying mm, sure. to describe what a mobile phone does in one word. Mm. You know, so, um, yeah, that would be my answer. Right. Okay. And so I guess in ter- that's in terms of what you do. So yeah. I guess how would you how would you sell uh, Root Robotics? You know. As a company, yeah. So Reach Robotics as a company itself. Um, okay, so again, it's in terms of the future of play. It would start with a question: Five years from now, or in the future, what do you think play will look like? Mm. There's a lot of hype about you know uh, connected devices and things like that. The future is not just going to be connected; it's going to be bridging the gap between the physical and virtual world, and that's what Reach Robotics has set out to do by creating a platform that not only exists at the intersection of these different worlds, but also enables the user to have a new, uh, uh, an experience that they've never had before. So, and then to make it really succinct, it's like Pokemon in real life. Yeah. <laughs> why, why would you not? So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, you're, you're 24 years old. Yeah. So what really intrigued you about robots or robotics? Like, how did you fall into this? Uh, so, so falling into into robotics. Um, so I, I was born in Nigeria, uh, grew up there till I was about 11. And naturally, I loved uh, wildlife and biology and things like that. So my, my dad was a biochemistry teacher. Yeah. So I grew up watching National Geographic's TV mm-hmm. show and going out. You, know, you could actually step out of the house and see it. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then I came back. Uh, so, and I also loved engineering and electronics. So I'd be, you'd see me taking apart radio and things like that, yeah. or almost killing myself by plugging, you know, electric cables into terminals and things like that. So when it came time to focus on the path to go, couldn't really pick between, say, biology, where I'd end mm. up being a, a zoologist, and uh, electronics, where I'd end up being an engineer. Mm. So. 
all my growing up, I've been trying to find a middle ground and uh, just ended up finding something called mechatronics, which is uh, mechanics and electronics. I see. But, but they use that in, in uh, puppetry to create really lifelike stuff. And then when you add some intelligence to it in terms of the motion and the way things move, so that's, a, that's how you get to, to robotics, you know, very br brief, because uh, mm. you can get into arguments into what a robot is. So, but robotics was a way to combine the passion of biology and animals and right. biology with uh, electronics and uh, engineering. And yeah, so, so that's where it all started. Very interesting. So from a young age, you just knew? Yeah, from a, from a young age, uh, yeah, just building all sorts of stuff, trying to create something that had a, a, a semblance of life to it, yeah. And then where did the, the play aspect come into it? Because robotics is one thing, mm -hmm. and then the biology is one thing, and yeah. then play, and then the gameplay of your robots. Yeah, so, so again, you know, when, I was, when I was younger, and actually had time to, to play games, I, I say, it sounds really sad, like when I was younger. I mean, 24. Yeah, 24, right? Um, so I'm, I'm looking to get to a stage now, you know, when I, gaming is great. It's, it's entertainment. You can, you, you can choose whatever form of entertainment you want, and I love it. Mm. At the moment, things are quite busy because, you know, running a startup and these are the critical stages of getting it to the ground so I'm still a gamer I still kick most you know I still kick ass at uh, Call of Duty yeah. <laughs> not, not, not if you're playing me but yeah exactly, exactly. We'll, we'll see you one of these days and um, <laughs> but uh, so the gaming aspect came to it because so extensive background you know in gaming kind of my credentials so played played a lot of games uh, when I was younger not the type of games I, I never owned a, owned a console, so I was a PC PC gamer. So okay. I liked the uh, games, especially from from Asia, like very massive worlds where you could explore. And uh, so it, it's kind of being your own target target market where you have in depth domain knowledge about. Like World of Warcraft, is it? Uh, World of Warcraft. That's yeah, the one I yeah, think yeah, yeah, more, more than, yeah. So there's, there's stuff like World of Warcraft, yeah. and you know. And realizing that it's it, it's very addictive, and mm. why why are these you know mechanisms so addictive and, and things like that? So it the, everything seems to always be you know combining things together. So you know combine biology and electronics to get to robotics, and then always you know, I wanted to make a living out of robotics. Started a program in Bristol where I was teaching robotics in schools, and employed some other students to to do that, and mm. going to schools and local schools in Bristol. And then saw that, okay, if I kind of tell these kids that these robotics parts have some special power to them or something like that, mm. the retention rate was a lot higher. They had more interest in, in what we were doing. So basically using the same thing that makes games so addictive and makes them so interesting and bringing that into the real world because it's so tangible and immersive, mm. you get a new user, user experience. Mm. So that was kind of the spark for the idea and started looking at who else was, was mm. doing this it's not really done in the in the toy industry but people are starting to wake up to it now so you see how these questions kind of go down long long paths yeah. but that, that's how the game mechanics idea started so if you combine the robotics with the game mechanics of uh, these expansive uh, online games then you create a user experience that has the potential to have a high retention rate and uh, create a lasting um, experience so that's why it kicked off Right, I think uh, the game mechanics are very interesting, um, and you slightly touched upon them uh, just in your answer. Um, could you tell our listeners more about um, kind of game mechanics like uh, instant gratification and um, you know ongoing rewards from games? Why do you think it is people uh, play World of Warcraft 
and why do you think it is addictive to human beings? Um, so the thing with the World of Warcraft is, you know, it's a, it's a large world. So at the basis of it is storytelling. So mm. there's this story, mm. and you get to be a part of it. Everyone, you know, be it in the shower, be it in the bath, you're, you're daydreaming at some point. You know, mm. the, there's a saying that everyone at some point has thought they were the best looking or the strongest. You know, at some point in your life as a human being you think what if i was on top of the world and in real life sometimes reality doesn't allow you to do that but you can bet your ass in the online game yeah. <laughs> you've got every yeah. opportunity to do it you can either throw time at it or money at it yeah so it's giving people this uh, situation where they can totally be in control i think fundamentally that makes game gameplay addictive that's why these kids can you know go on call of duty and you know sh- uh, win against someone that's uh 30 something and make loads of jokes about their mum. You're in, you're in a position of power at that point. Sounds like social media. Yeah, it sounds kind of like, yeah exactly. Sounds kind of like be who they want to be yeah, online. Exactly. You can be who you can be. It's, it's a, mm. So there, there are a few things that play it. One is this power. Second is it's an auto ego. And third is when it comes down to content with software, you're unlimited. So you can have these you know, worlds, whatever world you can dream of, you can create and put someone into it. So it's a... It's an alternate reality that you can put yourself in. So there are lots of things. And, and then I'm sure, so that, that's the top player, right? I'm sure there are lots of research that I can't even comment on because I don't have enough knowledge in terms of how it, you know, how it affects the wiring of the brain. For, I'm sure people do have these addictive personalities uh, develop when, when they play games. So there are lots and lots of layers. But if I had to think of why, fundamentally, those would be kind of the, the three things. Hmm. And... Um, how do you describe the gameplay uh, with uh, in Reach Robotics to our listeners? Yeah, so the the, the gameplay for for Reach Robotics. I mean, uh, our listeners, uh, picture 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 this with me. You've got two. It's kind of like Pokemon. You've got two robots that you can control from your phone, and they walk around in, in the real world. They've got their own personalities and characters. So the more you play with them, the stronger they become. And over time, they learn. It's kind of like a symbiotic relationship. And then you've got a one-player experience as well where you can look through your phone and compete against augmented reality opponents. So that's kind of your training. And then you take the robot out of training and go kick someone else's ass in, in, in mm-hmm. real life. And you can physically upgrade the robot to look a different way and perform a better way. So if you buy heavy shields, then the robot will walk with a bit of swagger and slow, but it's got more defense. So things like that. The so what, diesel of robots. Exactly. So what we're trying to do is literally bring a character out of the screen and into mm. the real world. That's insane. This is crazy. <laughs> and when you think about it, it's actually yeah. it's, you're in a completely different space. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a totally different space. There aren't, uh, I'd say, there's there are lots of people trying to deliver the same experience. You can't do it with uh, super cost engineered plastic toys. It's yeah. you know it's kind of the same way you can't get the same experience play, playing Call of Duty with a Stickman game. It mm. just doesn't work. Mm. You have to invest in the hardware, which is why the robotics part was important. You have to start from scratch and build it layer up so you don't cap the experience. If you build it with, you know, really crap plastic electronics, then what you can get at most will be something jittery. The more you invest in the layer, you know, robotics AI, which is why the hardware was needed, because a lot of people will ask, why don't you just do it in software? Why don't you just have a static thing? It, It kind of robs you of the experience or the potential that the experience can be. So, yeah, so so basically that, that's that's what we're trying to do. Just make this new user experience that no one's had before. Sounds good, sounds good. Yeah. So I guess moving away from, well not moving away, but yeah. if we're going to go more down the business side of things, 
I guess up until now, so you guys are your pre-launch. Mm. Um, you're currently raising money. Yeah, you raised money before. Just yeah. tell us a bit about the journey up until now. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you know, the journey has been long and hard. Um, <laughs> I know. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Phil, Phil, exactly. Phil, Phil oh, knows know. about long and hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. Um, no, no, you know, no innuendo is intended. Yeah. Uh, so. Started this, you know, this this all kicked off while I was studying. So I graduated last year from yeah. robotics uh, undergrad in twenty in twenty fourteen. Nice. So you, the first, you know, money is that is, is something you use to get the company to the next stage as an mm. instrument to get you somewhere. So the first thing is to find the money and people as as resources to build the to build the company, and. When you're doing hardware, that's robotics and gaming and consumer, Ooh. and you're young, inexperienced, you've basically got everything working against you. Mm. But on the other, on the other hand, you know you've got loads of time, lots of energy, and uh, there's this. Um, you've got innovative thinking as well, so you've got some positives, but a whole lot of negatives. Mm. So you have to find, have to find kind of money. So the the, the basic gist of it is. In terms of how we've raised, we started with grants. So mm-hmm. let me see, at least about eighteen different grants. Wow, have taken. Yeah, Jesus. yeah, yeah. You have to find money, however. Yeah. You can. Did you I, use um innovate? Um, we didn't. That was uh, I mean, those those they take a long time to write. Mm. We wrote the grant application. The first just didn't go through the first time, and then the second time it's just like no. I mean, you should see some big companies apply to Innovate usually, yeah. right? and you know they get in professional grant writers because it's you know it's a credit to to them. So not saying Innovate UK is bad because it's about getting the messaging right. So you have to be very succinct, and uh, that's not particularly my strongest set of skills when it comes to to writing. At, at least. So you're giving me huge compliments here, dude. I just <laughs> I just wrote um, so with uh, our company Sweatcoin, we yeah. just uh, applied to a grant from Innovate UK. Yeah. Uh, and got through to the finals. Oh, um, congratulations! I wrote, yeah. I wrote, I wrote the Euros, application. Yeah. Very so good. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a professional. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it's good. I mean, you should see these big companies that get in professional grant writers. So. It's the same with accelerator. Yeah. Um, applications. I think yeah. you need to have a certain style. Yeah, well you have to that. have a certain style, and yeah. people yeah. have different, you know, skills. I mm. always prefer to take my meetings face to face or over the phone. I don't really like writing. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, you you have your your strongest uh, mode of uh, communication, right? So, so eighteen grants. Or? About eighteen grants. You take money from wherever you can take money yeah, from. Yeah, Small amount to, to very to, to high amount. So just finding a way to make it. To can make you name? Can work. you name a few of them? If anyone's wondering. Um, we took grants from React. So this is a, a based in Bristol. So this was local localized in Bristol. So it was a grant to focus on creative industry and academics and making them work together. So mm-hmm. we were the creative partner. And you, f- you find a way to make the grant work. So we work with the children's psychology researcher, for example, allowed mm. us to do some special um, tests at the very early stages of, of the company. We took another grant to, with uh, something called the RIF Regional Investment Fund, and that was just for prototyping. So basically, just break down everything. We broke down everything we wanted to do into milestones. Okay, mm. I've got a pitch in a month's time. I need to show a, you know, a prototype that works. How much do I need for it? I will find a grant that will give me 1k to do that piece of work mm. and you just find different it, it was great for networking as well so just 100%. talking to loads of people and, and, and these kind of things 
and then when we use the grants to de-risk the business a bit at least get off the ground with prototypes so at this stage we were at prototype say number 11 um so that was when we could uh pitch to we pitch to vcs loads of no's because the, you know the, the business model and plan was like a was a mess so lots of no's and but you know you still got this mentality like we're, we're going to create create something amazing and then we applied to a few accelerators applied to three so one in the uk one two in the us um we got accepted into the Qualcomm Robotics uh, Accelerator. And basically, with fundraising, you always hear about momentum, momentum, momentum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, having like a big event, kind of like getting accept- accepted as an accelerator, or a VC comes in, something that everyone else can look at and say, <clears throat> oh, well, if they're betting on them, then mm. I think they're worth betting on. And suddenly, you know, we will manage to pull around a decent size uh, nice. round together, a pre-seed round for, for a hardware startup. And then going into the accelerator, we were able to, you know, not just register and create IP, we were able to have connections with much higher caliber people that, yeah. that can then validate that, uh, you know, you're getting introductions from CEOs of gaming companies to mm. others. So you, you, cannot, you can kind of ride on, on that wave and then you've got true momentum and people think, okay, they're not crazy if this person believes yeah. And And yeah, exactly. And now that's given us enough leverage to, to be able to actually go into raising this round, which will then allow us to be able to ship for uh, next year. So it's it's all about de-risking. At every stage, you've got the right investors. I mean, there are some investors I won't pitch to now because they they never do see. They do growth. They want to see uh, revenue and balance sheet. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the investors that don't even do growth, they do equity financing. Yeah. When you're raising 200 mil or something, that's when you go talk to them. Anything mm. below, they don't even look at it. Mm. So it's finding the right investor for the right stage, especially at the very early stages. People have to buy into it emotionally mm. because it's not just the... Uh, some of these things you can't justify they buy into the people and, yeah and i think it's right you just have to believe that the people can work hard and you and you can prove that by just showing that no matter what the challenge is um i'm not going away so yeah if it's going to take me 18 grants to 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 mm. get the first investment then we're going to do it so, yeah so yeah so that's that's the 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 long and hard road that, that we've been on it's not getting any easier but along the way it's, it's still been a, lo- a load of fun so yeah and there's been a lot of talk about accelerators. Um, I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, in terms of how effective they are, are they just for money? Do the mentorships actually work? Are they useful? Are the contacts you make, you know, worth the equity that you give up? I don't. Know, did you give equity for? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. gave. Okay. We gave equity. You don't have to say for, how much. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But, um, um, but did you get a lot out of the accelerator? Yeah, yeah. For us, we did. It depends. So I've seen companies going to accelerators. Companies that already had two million in the bank. So there will be many, many, many reasons for you to go into an accelerator. Mm. It could be to access a geographical region. So I, I, knew, I knew a company from Asia that did an accelerator in San Francisco just so that it could get that network there because they were going to expand in there. Any other you know, time, it wouldn't have made sense for them to do it. But for that specific time, it made sense. Um, I've seen companies, you know... Um, going to an accelerator just for the mentorship you know if you look at the list of mentors that are going to come into the accelerator mm. and it's it's a themed accelerator yeah and you want and that makes sense for your business then you go into it a lot of times you get some accelerators that will just be you know for example something to be careful with like, like the the corporate accelerators yeah, because it's starting to become a, a trend now where yeah. just every corporation just wants to do an accelerator because 
you know, it's innovation. Yeah. You're just going to buy in some innovation and, you know, innovation, innovation, innovation. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it varies per, per company, per accelerator, per location. It's, um, and also there's the money, of course. So, mm. you know, if, if you need money and the accelerator makes sense, basically at the end of the day, you have to do whatever you need to do to keep your business around and mm. to keep your business moving forward. Mm. So sometimes you have to, you know, swallow some hard pills. But as long as at the end of it, you come out better than you were mm. as part of the journey. So what would you say was the one pivotal moment in your business or your business professional career so far? Uh, oof, one pivotal moment. Where you were like, look, mum, we're going to make it. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I've called, called. I've said that to my parents. I mean, they're very supportive, but you know, you you graduate and they're like, "Why don't you just get a job?" Yeah, like, you did all this work. Oh, don't worry, I've had that conversation. Yeah, yeah. I'm you, still having it. Yeah, you, you did all this work. I mean, why why are you living like a homeless person? I mean, come yeah. on, you, you've got a, you've got a degree. Get, yeah. Um, but then, as the company succeeds and, and gets better, they 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 then start to believe more because and and they, and they do it out of love as well because mm. they just don't want to yeah. see you struggle struggle and they but when they see you struggle a bit they panic but then when they start to see it pay off you can still see the pride on their on their faces um but in terms of pivotal moment i don't think we it's it, you always have the, the reason i can't nail down one is that you always have a pivotal mm. moment it's it's a feedback loop mm, yeah. not not just in terms of you know you've got product development where you have a feedback loop your startup is, is also a product that you have to sell to people, you know, investors, consumers, you've got a lot of stakeholders. So it's a constant feedback loop from everyone, not just from consumers, but from investors as well. And you, sh- you should be having lots and lots of pivotal moments mm. and making these decisions. So we've had lots from talking to industry experts, you know, presidents of uh, toy companies, just to look at what's the state of the industry and uh, why this is not going to sell because the or it's not going to sell in the current form that you're thinking of because the the price point is too high mm. you have to you have to add more value so the consumer can pay pay the, that that price for it so we've uh, it's a constant you know pip, it's constant pivotal moment constant pivotal yeah. moments especially with the hardware hardware startup so Unfortunately, I can't nail down one but I yeah. know we've had lots and, and no, that's a very good answer yeah very good yeah um, I guess another question. So you've had quite a lot of press pre-launch, mm. which is excellent for a startup. Yeah. How did you go about getting that press? Did people reach out to you, or you know what was the what was the process for that? Um, you know what we we never and I a lot of VCs I've talked to or a lot of people. Everyone's in in the general opinion that you you know I'm not gonna well no, I'm not gonna say it's press is a so everyone's in, everyone's, <laughs> everyone's in general opinion that you should be careful with the the smooching. Like uh, you know, just just do do you mm. and focus on making your business the best that it can be. Mm. And people will. So we try not to, unless you're targeting press for a launch or something like that. Yeah. So the press so far for us has been a byproduct of trying to achieve these milestones or raising funds or getting attention of investors. So we go to pitching events and things like that. Mm. And then the press are there to to write about. Uh, okay. So you know. I think we had very great uh, press coverage when I was pitching and trying to raise money and, and things like that before we went to the accelerator. And then it kind of died down because at the end of the day, you raise money to focus on building the, product, the company yeah. and the product. And when it comes again, when we need the PR or media attention, 
then we'll focus on it. So mm. it's whenever we go out on the road to, to pitch or talk to people that, that the press kind of comes. If you're doing something interesting or people think is worth, um, especially with consumers, then then they'll, they'll, they'll write about you because at the end of the day, they're also selling the product. Mm. They're selling interesting stories. So yeah. you just be you, do something interesting, and you, you get coverage. Yeah. So. so product first. Yeah, product and first, and your company then first. Then everything else first, Everything else falls in place. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, the same is for for kind of uh, investors. Some some companies will be... You Everyone's heard stories of companies that investors chase, uh, mm. right? You know, if, you're, if you're doing something that's of value to someone else, they sure. will chase you. So. Yeah, right. Do you have any productivity boosting habits? Uh, like, do you meditate? Do you keep a journal? Uh, How do you go about being as productive as possible? For me, so I I try and, and work out. So yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I was gonna say yeah. So for, for me, it's 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 getting physical. Uh, <laughs> let's get physical. Um, so I do. I go. To, I go to the gym. I'm quite a. So I go to the gym. I'm quite um, athletic. I do. I did. I was doing quite a lot of Muay Thai before. Before we travelled. So just just anything that gets you out of the, the work zone for a moment. And yeah. you know, apart from the, the endorphins that get released, mm. it's just a way to de-stress and mm. just take your mind off work for a while. And and second is uh just friends. This this is you know something I, I try to do. Just have a robust or decent kind of social life around around you as well and just and develop as many interests as possible this this is personally for me so mm. the thing is um first is and and, and i'm and the type as well as you probably uh, might be able to deduce from not being able to pick between biology and electronics and engineering mm. Always having my hand in, in something, so yeah. I I draw my oh yeah my my, be- <laughs> oh, yeah. my 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 best one is is dancing. I love I love dancing, so I do I do Latin uh, dancing, like right. salsa, bachata, stuff like nice. that. Um, hiking, just anything to get your mind off. So it's it's just good to have a load of interest. So I, I can't really sit still that that mm. much. So I don't I don't think I can meditate. Maybe maybe it's probably good for me to try it out. So. Physical, just anything physical. Anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's what I do. That's my sweet spot. Yeah. In terms of like working hours at the moment, is it hectic? Uh, are you working seven days a week? Are you doing twelve hour days? You know, what's the, what's the split? It 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 comes up and down as required. Uh, so depending, um, in the very early stages of the company, when when I mean it's it's still quite early mm. days. You know, it's it's not uncommon to do. We've done eighteen-hour days. We've done you know sixteen-hour days at the moment. The, the, personally, so mine varies up and down. So when when it was very early stage prototyping, sixteen-hour days was the norm. Um, now in fundraising, it's kind of up and down. So you work weekends. Work basically meshes into yeah. your life. You, mm-hmm. you can't really oh just going to leave my phone you know or work off till till you know Monday and then pick it up. It kind of meshes with your life. So you have to balance it quite well so i don't i don't keep track now of what my workout is yeah so, so because yeah mm. you know i'm in london now for for vc meetings it, it's it's all work so you just fit your normal life around it at least till the fundraising phase is it's over and then you can go back to work but one of the great advices i've heard before is you know this is it's a marathon not a sprint mm, so it's 100%. good to be careful not to not to burn out so i, I mentioned that to to the team as well we, mm. we try and have fun you know Play, play games at least once a week together um, 
even when people are pulling, you know, eight till ten p.m. or something, depending on the phase of of, of the project or or the company. So yeah, it's long hours, but if you're still having fun and you you balance it well, then no issue. And how do you go about finding something that that's fun? Because you know a lot of people go through uni and they don't know. Mm. Yeah, uh, you know, they pick whatever their parents told them to pick, or whatever seems most safe. Um, there's, there's just so, so that's the thing. There's, I mean, if you if you think about it, there's just no unless unless you're in a place in life where you know it, it makes sense. If you're, if you're, we we all have different priorities in life, or if you find yourself in a certain. If you're in the Western world, where you're, you know, it's not a life and death matter. If you're, if you're in a third world country, for example, I totally understand the need to do a certain go down a certain career path because it's the only one that makes sense. Yeah. But a lot of us in the in the first world or in the Western world are in a position where we're lucky, where there's a lot of infrastructure around us. You you literally have the option to do whatever you want and be the best that you can be at it or strive to be. Mm. It just doesn't make sense to follow the path that someone else is laying down for you. I mean, you're gonna die one day, yeah. <laughs> and, and then nothing else matters. So yeah. yeah, so you should, within reason. I mean, maybe even throw you know throw throw reason away. Just just because if you if you strive to be the best that you can be. Mm. That's the only time you'll do something that no one has done before. And that's mm-hmm. the only time you'll, you become interested because people want to learn how you've done it. People want to see what you're doing. That's when you create something new for people. Um, yeah, so th- that would be my, my take on it. Just <sighs> passion goes, goes a long way. Yeah. And if you find yourself thinking about the same thing and it's always nagging in the back of your mind, what have you got to lose? Just, yeah. just do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 kind of like a, you know, motivational speeches are, are cliche, but they make sense. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna yeah, just do it. Just right. do it. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Um, just to go back, you mentioned that you and your team like to have a bit of fun. Mm. So, speaking about the team, mm. so there's five of you guys in yeah. the team. How did you go about finding your your co-founders and what and what is the dynamics? I guess are you are you the youngest in the team? Yeah, yeah I am the youngest. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So I mean, it, it goes down to to this uh, doing what you what you you want and being passionate and just going out there and and getting it. So this is we we have quite frank and open discussions with each other. So mm. I I know for a fact that you know when I started and, and you know I would say I'm also the least uh, at least in terms of credentials the least qualified on, yeah. on my team so and you're the CEO <laughs> and I'm the CEO exactly so I mean the CEO's job is to you know, amongst other things provide capital for the company first of yeah. all and, and you're kind of steering the ship mm. you're a captain you provide resources for the ship and you steer yeah. it as well yeah. point it in the right direction and then get out and provide them with the resources then get out their way so they can do their job yeah um, so and and uh, when when this all kicked off and I was looking for people, you know, we've had people come and go, and it can either be, you know, their living their life situation at that time didn't align up with the company or they didn't believe in the vision in the long run. So mm. always happy to to not let go of people, but always that everyone's there because they want to be. Yeah. Everyone's been forced to be there. Mm. So one of the things, for example, when when the company started. 
Um, so the, the guys on the team all very technical background, and and for them, you know, the, this guy's running around and wants to build gaming robots. Okay, you know, let's help him out a bit. Yeah. It, it's going to leave soon at some point anyway, and this would be an interesting project. Yeah. But you know, if you've got the, you're not just trying to get investors to believe in you or consumers to believe in you. Mm. You're trying to get the team to believe in you and yeah. you to believe in yourself. Okay. So if you don't believe in yourself, then they're not going to. So you have to have this kind of, you know, very, very, very focused vision. Mm. And also you have to take in advice from, from other people. So over time, they, they learn to believe in, in the vision because, okay, well, this guy's not going away. There's something here. So you kind of, especially when you don't have, you're not bringing money to the table. Yeah. It depends on, on your situation. Yeah. But for my situation not bringing money to the table you raise money from friends and family well my family is in nigeria i don't have any <laughs> rich friends so you know you, you kind of have to you've got just yourself yeah you're your best tool and you then have to just show to everyone sell 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 exactly so sell 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 and and that was what i did right from the right from the start just um getting the raising the next funds getting the right just finding all the resources that they needed and then over time everything clicked clicked mm. in place so and and that's why we're still we're still here um, today. So it's just a focus on gonna do this no matter what. And if you're the CEO, then you have to be a leader, and 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 that's what you kind of have to embrace right from the right from the start. Good, super. And um, final question for you, and probably the the most prodding one. Mm. Um, what's been your greatest failure in your life or business, and what did you learn from it? Uh, greatest failure in life or business? Mm. Well, there's one that jumps. There's one that jumps to mind, and, and I'll try. You know, I don't name names, so I won't. I won't mention. <laughs> but uh, it's it's uh, for me at the moment. It would be it would be personal, and that would be managing relationships. So. It's been just being honest with uh, with with uh, yourself. So, mm. so you know when when I knew something wasn't going to work out, you basically have to you have to believe you have to be able to listen to your inner voice and, you and, to, and live in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, you have, you have to be able to 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 listen to your to your inner voice first of all, and and uh, trust yourself. And I didn't. There was a point where I didn't trust myself enough, and went down a path for way too too long mm. it sounds really really vague yeah. because i didn't want to mention <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah yeah because i didn't want to i don't want to mention names or be too specific but it's um usually uh i think we should learn to trust our intuitive uh, feelings a bit a bit more sure. um, especially it's, it's all you have you're, you're all you yeah. have basically yeah. and looking back a year later i went down a path for so long where everything inside me was telling me you know you should you should cut loose, cut loose, cut loose. So that would be that would be it. And that that goes to you know that is applicable to in the startup world, employees. Yeah. If you're going down the wrong product path, yeah. General in life, you've got people around you that are dragging you down. So that would be an umbrella term for what I would consider one of my biggest failures. But then you pick yourself back up and get back on the road. Yeah, perfect, perfect. What a what most insightful note to finish on. Thanks again for coming down to this. Yeah, this no, been thank, amazing. Thank you very much for, for having me. Yeah, any ending notes you'd like to leave off on? Um, I think we're we're all in you know agreement here. Just do it if you've got an idea. I guess these are all people that are interest, interested in entrepreneurial yeah. things mm. or want to. So 
if you have an idea or something you'd like to to start what have you got to lose just try it just talk to people about it and just try it out what's the worst that could happen yeah. super and uh, where can our listeners find out more about reach robotics and get in, get in touch with you um at reach robotics.com um that's the that's our web address we've got social media pages and uh i'm always available at silas at reach robotics.com so always happy to advise or sell you some gaming robots <laughs> so feel free to contact me. do you have a launch date not yet but it will be 2016, 2016. yeah right. towards the, toward the end of 2016 so keep an eye out and uh we'll be launching a campaign soon so for the for the for the early adopters and the people that come on board first, we've got loads of um, surprises and interesting content for you. Nice. Would that be on your website? That would be on our website, Twitter, all social media channels. Nice, super guys. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, join us for another episode of Startup Hand Me Downs next week. This episode was st- sponsored by Lucy Films. That's Lucy with an I. Um, they'll take care of all your video needs and sub- subsequent marketing of your videos. Um, Please join us next week. Uh, this was Ranbit, Phil and Silas from Startup Hand Me Downs. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.